0: Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming to worship today. A couple things to say. I love that song because it is uh, pointing us to the idea that we are finding our identity by what God says about us. And uh, so I think think the two of the things that are going to help us uh, continue to live a victorious life and to live the life that God has for us is that we are spending time in the Word of God and letting the Word of God get inside of us and, and consistently doing that, not just going through the routine of, of Bible reading, but really getting the thoughts and the concepts and the ideas and the revelations of the Word inside of us. And so that takes a pretty regular Uh, uh, devotion to to spending time reading your Bible. And then the other thing I think that's so important we're going to talk about today is the idea of of having a strong and consistent prayer life where we are setting time aside or we're understanding that there are uh, transactions that are going on in the spiritual realm that are so important and uh, they help us understand two things. One is our identity who we are, and our assignment, what are we supposed to do in life? And I think if you get that kind of ironed out for yourself, uh, your identity and your assignment, who am I whom, and what am I supposed to do with my life, you're on a really strong path to live a great life. So could I invite you especially, second service crowd, um, We are having a prayer meeting uh, before church, 1045 to 11. It's a 15-minute prayer time. We've been having a prayer time before first service uh, for quite some time, and and that is going fantastic. I've been believing for 100 people in that prayer time this morning. We had 92, so we're almost there, but we actually moved uh, first service start time so we could put a, a 1045 prayer time in for us, and I just want to encourage you to consider making this a part of your kind of church attendance pattern. So in other words, get here at 1045. Uh, let's have a prayer time together. It's good for your own soul. It's good for atmosphere. It's good for calling out for God. It's good for learning how to pray because you get around prayer and you can learn how to do it. Uh, and so it's a, it's a really good thing. So I want to encourage you just to consider making that 1045 to 11. Uh, you can pray with us. And then from 11 to 1115, Total free time. Woohoo! You do whatever you want. Get a coffee or, or uh, just hang out, meet somebody, connect, and just, you, you don't have to come at the last second. It's true, you don't. And, uh, and I just think it would make your Sunday experience really rich and fulfilling. Today I want to talk about uh, a pretty powerful concept. That I've been on for the past couple of weeks, uh, and it's about the spiritual authority that God has given you and me to find our place in this world and to and to grab a hold of what everything that God has for us. And I want to dive into this. Uh, I'm going to review a few ideas that I have talked about over the past couple of weeks. And one, um, I know that there are people here for the very first time today. So that's one reason I want to review a bit of this. Two is not everybody comes to church every week. And this may be your first time to come in a while, uh, but you're still part of this church. And I want to review for that. And then there's others that may be uh, hearing it another time will help you get it in a fresh way, in a new way. So Uh, we're at this concept called the royal priesthood it's about a sense of identity of who we are, but there's a few components that kind of pull together to make this. So give me a couple of minutes just to kind of lay some foundational ideas, and and let's see if we can connect a few dots, and I believe this can help us all in a tremendous way. The reason we're at this right now is we're kind of journeying through the book of Hebrews, and we've gotten to Hebrews chapter 7 in this, and it gives me a chance to talk about this entire concept. So I'm going to pick up in Hebrews 6, uh, verse 20, which is the last verse of Hebrews 6, and then go into Hebrews 7. So uh, Hebrews 6, 20 says, Jesus has entered as a forerunner into the heavenly realms for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And I want us to get an understanding of who this Melchizedek guy is. From this Melchizedek, who was king of Salem, Priest of the Most High God met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth part of all the spoils. In other words, Abraham paid tithe um, to Melchizedek, was first of all, by the translation of his name, Melchizedek's name, the King of Righteousness, also King of Salem, which is King of Peace. So the story where we meet this guy, Melchizedek, is in Genesis 14. Starting in verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. Now, so a couple of concepts to put together here is this understanding that a Melchizedek is a king and a priest. And he is not just a priest, but he, but he has a, a, a particular relationship with God. You'll find in the Bible, like in the Old Testament, there are several Hebrew words or Hebrew phrases that are translated into English, God, but they actually give us some kind of nuance or understanding of the character of God. So you would find like Jehovah Sidkenu is the Lord, our righteousness, or Jehovah Shalom is the Lord, our peace, or uh, Jehovah Shama is the Lord, our victory. And there are, there are different ways that you would see uh, aspects of the character of God. This particular translation of what God most time is the, the Hebrew phrase El Elyon, God, the possessor of heaven and earth. So Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of El Elyon. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, El Elyon, who is the possessor of heaven and of earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. So, here are the pieces that we got to connect the dots on. One is that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a king and the priest. So, he has this combination of earthly authority, authority over a particular uh, place on the earth, but he also has this heavenly spiritual authority. He is the priest of El Elyon, who is God Most High, who's the possessor of heaven and earth. And I think sometimes... Uh, people get this idea that, that when we are worshiping and when we are praying, it's just sort of a me and Jesus kind of situation, and what I want us to see is that there is a connection between heaven worship, heaven prayer, heaven's authority, and this earth that God actually owns. Yes, God owns the heavens, but God also owns the earth. So, Psalm 89, verse 11 says, The heavens are yours, but the earth also is yours. The world and all it contains, everything in the earth, belongs to the Lord. All the, all the ideas, all the people, all the countries, all the resources, it all belongs to God. You have founded them. Psalm 24.1 says the same idea. The earth is the Lord and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. So here's one of the pieces of the puzzle. One of the pieces that connecting the dots together is to understand heaven is the Lord's, but the earth is the Lord's. And all it contains belongs to God. Everything, Asheville belongs to God. Western North Carolina belongs to God. North Carolina belongs to God. The United States belongs to God. The entire world belongs to God. He is the king over all the earth. 1 Peter 2.9 is where we kind of enter into the picture because this is where the Bible gives us, us this sense of identity. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are, like Melchizedek, a king and a priest, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And what that does is position us to proclaim The excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. So here's the sense of identity that I want us to understand that God has said, This is who we are. You are a royal priest, you are a priest with king authority, you are a king in the earth with priestly privilege. Jesus is the high priest of this priesthood of which we are the regular priest of. And so understanding this is so powerful because our priestly activity of worship and prayer is literally what's releasing God's heavenly authority into the earth. Your worship is not just a, a, like a, a place for you to pull aside and just have a moment with God. Sure, it can be that, but your worship carries authority. Your prayer carries authority for your life. So what I'm doing in this is it's kind of going through passages that have this concept of, of Melchizedek or have this concept of, of El Yon, have this concept of priesthood. And I want us to, to now, today, focus on Psalm 47. And I want to make a few points that I think could be so helpful for us in, in our life. So Psalm 47, um, verse 1. And this is where we're going to kind of build all our thoughts today out of Psalm 47. Oh, clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with the voice of joy, for the Lord Most High, this is the Hebrew, El Elyon, is to be feared. He is a great king over all the earth. So the Lord Most High, El Elyon, is the possessor of and has authority over. Over all the earth. He is He is the King over all. And the Bible tells us that we are to clap our hands. We are to shout unto God. And we are to have the voice of joy. I know some of you are going, now how do I do that? <laughs> how many of you know you, sometimes you got to choose to have the voice of joy? Sometimes you, you got to choose to let glad sounds come out of your mouth. And the truth is, sometimes you got to choose to shout unto God and to clap your hands. But what I want us to see here, and I'm going to give you enough passages that you're going to see this is just a biblical idea, is that us clapping our hands, us shouting unto God, us with a voice of joy, this is the royal priesthood releasing God's rightful spiritual authority over the earth. In other words... Our priestly activity of worship, our priestly activity of prayer, our priestly activity of clapping our hands as part of it, shouting unto God as part of it, is all a part of us operating as royal priests. So I'm just curious. You know, I got raised in a church tradition that uh, exalted quiet. But I just, you know, we're gonna see this in so many passages, but where did we ever get the notion that church is supposed to be quiet? Or that worship is supposed to be quiet? Or that prayer is supposed to be a a quiet little meditative thing? Now, I'm okay for a, a, you know, a slice of quiet meditative prayer and or worship, but I just got to say, shout is loud. Clapping hands is loud. The voice of joy, I guess you could have a subdued voice of joy, is loud. And we're not after loud for loud's sake. We like it loud in here. Because loud is a biblical way to worship. Loud is a way that everybody in this room who can't sing can sing along and feel like it's them singing well. Loud is helping you <laughs> not have to listen to the people next to you can't sing very well. But there's something about clapping. There's something about shouting. There's something about the voice of joy that is absolutely powerful. Yes, loud can just be noise. But I think that we got to understand that God loves passion. Not just emotion, but like we're into it. And I think we got to get this revelation. The book of Revelation says, Jesus says, I would prefer that you are cold or that you are hot, that you are one extreme or the other, but this lukewarm stuff makes me want to vomit. Hello? So I think worship that is lukewarm. on you know somebody, is, is not, I think passionate prayer, passionate worship that gets a hold of this idea, I think connected to all this is understanding that authoritative, loud, expressive, joyful prayer and worship. Come on, it's tied to this. Here's what we know. God Owns the planet and all it contains. So we worship like that. We own a piece of the planet. We have an inheritance. That makes me happy. We can know we're here for a reason. You're not an accident. You don't you didn't just come into this planet because of somebody's oops. You're here for a reason. I think, I think understanding that, that we are here to release God's authority into the earth. That means we're not going to back down. Try this side of the room. We're not going to back down. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to raise our voice and say, God is great. His kingdom is awesome. <laughs> He's in charge. And he, he deserves, God deserves the most magnificent praise that we could give him. <laughs> come, come on. I, so I just, let me just make a point here and give you a few verses so you can see something because I really believe biblical worship is aggressive, it's passionate. It's full of expression. Psalm 66, verse 1 says, Psalm 66, verse 1 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. I don't know if you've ever been to a big concert before, but uh, I've, I've seen a few and here's what I know. When I went and saw Coldplay in England fill a stadium with 50,000 people, it was glorious. And when I went to see U2 in the Georgia Dome with 70,000 people, it was glorious. And I look at pictures of Taylor Swift filling a stadium. And it's glorious. And I'm thinking, the world shouldn't get all the glorious. Maybe God ought to get a little bit of glorious. <laughs> so, we're doing the best we can with music that makes us praise glorious. And lights that make us pra- Hey, we even have a smoke machine Because that's what the Holy Spirit likes, a smoke machine. That's where he likes to to hang out when there's just a little bit of fog in the air. Come on. But everything, I mean, creating atmosphere, lifting our voices, shout unto God joyfully is what the Bible says, and make his praise glorious. Where did you get this? Where do we anybody get this quiet idea? Psalm 95 Verse 1 says, oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout, oh, my gosh, joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is a great God. Listen to this. He's a great king above all gods. I don't know if you can see the connection that seems to take place in the bible between this big shout this big aggressive this big loud expressive praise connected to god is the king over all the earth i think our worship our praise our expression of who god is is releasing his authority into the earth maybe that's why the enemy Wants you to be quiet. Maybe that's why the enemy wants to silence your voice and silence the voice of the church because he knows our authority is in our expressive worship to God. Psalm 98, verse 4 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord. This is over and over again, all the earth, break forth. You've been contained, you feel stuck. So break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. In other words, you might feel stuck right now. You might feel contained right now. But your worship unto God is a prophetic voice that releases you into a new season in life. And if you don't know what to do, I can tell you what the best thing to do is. Worship God with all your might. Worship God with your very best. Give him your best, because you never know what the Holy Spirit might speak to you in a moment of worship. When you have taken the focus off of all the junk and put your focus on the greatness of God, you never know what word of instruction or word of comfort or word of direction or word of inspiration could come into your soul. So sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. This gets called the lyre of the guitar. With the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout joyfully before the king, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains, come on, we live in the mountains. Let us sing together for joy. Psalm 100 verse 1 says this, shout joyfully. To the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Can you just see it? It's over and over again that there's the voice of a shout. There's a, there's a joyful thing. There's a gladness thing. There's joyful singing. I just think church ought to be a celebration. And I think your life can find moments of celebration and I love this passage because it says, if you're going to serve the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness. Like, I'm not just drudging around, oh, I got to pray, oh, I got to help with the babies in church. Uh, hey, listen, we, we ought to be glad we get to do this. We get to serve the Lord with gladness. So now I want to go back. Psalm 47, because I want us to to get a hold of, I think, what could help some of us in a tremendous way. So Psalm 47, verse 3 says, He subdues people under us and subdues nations under our feet. God subdues people, God subdues nations under us. Under our feet. We got to understand. That God uses people. To accomplish his will. Yes. God is sovereign. But in his sovereignty. He has chosen. To flow through people. God wants to take. God owns Asheville. He owns Western North Carolina. And he wants to take possession of it. But guess how he takes possession of a place that he loves through us. So I just want you to get a hold of this idea, is that the church is never in a place to be marginalized because we are God's plan. Church is God's plan. His plan A, and there is no plan B. Church is God's idea. And the way God is going to take possession of the earth is through a a royal priesthood who understands God owns the earth. And I think we ought to walk around like we own the city. Thank you for three of you that... Get that idea. When my kids were little, they'd walk around this church and they had this kind of like, hey, do you know who my dad is? And I think that's how we ought to walk around Asheville. Walk around like we own the place. Pray like we own the place. Worship like we own the place. Do you know who my dad is? He's the king of all the earth. The world, and all it contains belongs to him. <laughs> My dad owns the place, and he's got a piece of it that he wants me to have. Come I on, he's got a piece of it that he wants you to have. So, Psalm 47, 4 says, he chooses our inheritance for us. The glory of Jacob whom he loves. Selah. Selah means think about it. She that tells a story about when she was growing up in a little bitty Assembly of God church and the pastor would be preaching away and, and he'd get to some strong point and this little bitty old lady had been in the church forever. She'd always go, think about it, young person. Selah. Stop think about it, young person. Here's what I want you to think about. God has chosen your inheritance for you. So you have a spot on the planet that God has chosen for you. You, every one of us has a ministry. In other words, a flow of heaven that comes into and through us to reach this world, God chose that ministry for you. Nobody can take that away from you. No devil can stop that. No person can stop that. No opinions can stop that. No voices of opposition can stop it. You have an inheritance chosen by the king of all the earth. You might be looking for Mr. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's easier to find Mr. Wrong than Mr. Right. Come on. God has chosen an inheritance for you. I can assure you, if you will focus your heart on worshiping God, he will make sure the right person gets into your life. Because if you start to try to make stuff happen on your own, you are going to end up in some trouble, but God chooses your inheritance for you. You might be looking for a job. You might be looking for a career. You might be looking for a lane to run in. Can I tell you that God has chosen your inheritance for you? Peace is my inheritance. Joy is my inheritance. Favor is my inheritance. Blessing is my inheritance. Fruitfulness is is my inheritance, and I think we going to get a revelation of what God gives us is the inheritance that he has chosen for us. Whatever you have in God is given like an inheritance. You didn't earn it, you got born again into the family. And now, because you're a son, because you're a daughter, there is an inheritance that he chooses for you. You don't earn it with your good looks. Come on, turn and look at your neighbor and say, Good for you. Uh, (laughs) You don't earn it with your good deeds. Your father gives it to you. You're not striving to gain your inheritance. No, when you get a revelation that God has chosen your inheritance, are you following me on this one? When you get a revelation that God has chosen your inheritance, it puts you in a slot of confidence that is incredible. You realize, I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to force my way in life. Here's my focus. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to focus on my God. Who knows what he's going to say to me in a, in a prayer session? Who knows what he's going to do in me in a worship session? Who knows that while I am entering in and with my royal priestly activity of praise and worship, what God's going to do? Your inheritance belongs to you. I feel like I'm preaching this way better than you're saying amen. But it's... Listen... When we intercede, when we worship, it's with authority, right? Our passionate worship releases the authority of God in the earth. Psalm 47, let's go back there, verse 5. So God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Come on, here it is again. Shouting and trumpets and singing praises, all connected with God's kingship, God's authority, God's reign, God's sitting on the throne. God has never been sitting on his throne and gone, oops. your are Your prayer, your praise, your worship is releasing the authority from the throne of God into your life. Psalm 47 verse 9 says, the princes of the people. A prince is a son of the king. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham for all the shields Which is the authority of the earth, belong to God. He is highly exalted. So I want you to get this idea. When when we get this royal priesthood identity squared away, we can literally carry ourselves like princes, princess, which means you've got this, your shoulders are back, you're living with confidence. You know there's an inheritance chosen for you, but you also know there's a responsibility. Nobility obligates, and that I'm walking around like a prince, like a son of the king. So my worship is not just oh I'm hiding out in a corner and I'm worshiping God, and you know no 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 we we are princes, we are sons of the king. Here, Psalm 82 tells us this, says this, I said, you are gods, and all of you are sons of the Most High. In other words, all of you are sons of El Elyon. That's the Hebrew word. Nevertheless, you die like men and fall like any one of the princes, but arise, O God, and judge the earth, for it's you who possess all the nations. Jesus even went as far as to say this, John 10. He's quoting this passage, verse 34. He said, has it not been written in, in your law? I said, you are God's. Now, get this and understand it. You and I, we are God's little G serving God, big G. Everybody get that? But, but you, when you embrace Jesus, when you born into the family of God. You become a son of the king. The sons of El Yon are gods. In other words, you've got the authority that's given to the son of a king. You have a royal authority. You may not feel like an authoritative person, but you have an inheritance of authority. You have a king authority. You have a spiritual authority. So here's here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. You've got authority over your life. So give your life to Jesus. Because it's easy to blame our mama, to blame the economy, to blame the circumstances, to blame the people that are... But you are... A little g, God, and you get to decide, am I going to live under the economy or under the circumstances or under the people around me, or am I going to live under the lordship of Jesus with my life? You get to choose. Your inheritance as a prince, your inheritance as a son or a daughter of the king is a powerful thing. And so my encouragement to you today is, hey, don't live a life that's focused on your problems. Everybody has them. Don't live your life focused on what could steal your joy. Everybody has that. Don't live your life focused on what other people are saying. Live a life focused on this God who is king of all (laughs) the earth. And he's chosen your inheritance for you. In a moment, we're actually going to stand and worship and just take a moment. Let's put it into practice. But before we do that, I want to pray. I want everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes, just all through the room, just for the next two minutes. Maybe you're here today. You've never just surrendered your life to the love and the lordship of Jesus. I would love to pray with you today. Let's start that journey. Maybe you're here today, and you used to be so close to God, but you know you're not where you used to be, where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. And this would be a great moment for you to return over. Maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand with God. And I want to pray. I don't want anyone to leave this room without a sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of the king of all the earth. So nobody looking around. You're here today, you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus, or I need to come back to him, or I just want to know for sure I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room. Come on, just say yes, yes, come on, yes. I want to be sure I'm right with Jesus. I want to be sure, thank you, all over the room. Anybody else? Say yes for me. Amen, amen. Come on, everybody. Let's pray this together. This is for everybody that lifted their hand, but I want everybody to say these words out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life, I open my heart to your love, to your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I come to the cross, where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on.